good evening once again. Yay, thank you. Well, hey, we're going to be, uh, if you've got your Bibles, and I hope you do. Does anybody know who says that every time they preach? If you've got your Bibles, and I hope you do. David Platt does, just like you know, if you ever hear this podcast every time. What? I knew that was your guest day, that's why I said it, so I don't want you to get all big-headed about being right. Turn to Romans 3, that's where we're going to start, we're going to jump around a lot tonight. You know, I am thankful, 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 because I know there are nights that I come up here, and when it's over with, I feel like I'm a Frenchman speaking to a bunch of Germans because no one has got to look like they've understood anything and it's like I've just totally bombed. And I'm thankful and I honestly am because I I believe the last song that we sang that his love never fails, it never gives up, it never gives up and and, and never whatever on me. Whatever, you know, great song. Sorry, Um, didn't have it written down. And um, so I am... Thankful for that, and I'm not saying that just because the band did some special stuff tonight. We didn't plan, but that was really rocking, guys. Um, it's, that's just the way it works, but the great thing is God can, can use us in the midst. All he asks for us is to, to try to seek him and to try. We're going to speak about something for the next four weeks in here. And let me start off with this. Um, it, well, let me share. It's going to be about the family. Ooh, fun topic. No one ever has any issues with family or parents or siblings or anything like that. Um, we're going to talk about that for the next four weeks. So um, we've even shrunk last week. I, don't know, I guess I ticked you all up from some people off from last week. Um, but in the so many years that I've worked with youth, I've had a lot of youth come through. And there were a lot of youth that when they came to church, man, at church they were top-notch Christian dude or dude, dudette. I mean, they were doing it all day long. They were impressive. You see them go, man, they've really got it going on. And then you'd hear about them or see them at school and hear about things at school. And at school they, they were top-notch living out their faith at school. And then I'd see them when their mom or dad would come to pick them up from a, a, a youth trip. First, it, it came like this. A parent would go to me, um, can you tell me how to make my child act like they do at church to act that, that way at home? And I'd be like, them? You sure? You're talking about right and, and they'd say, and so then after some time, I began to see and watch as they'd get picked up. And dude, some people would talk to their moms. Girls would be talking to mom, I'm like, mom, mom, shut up. And I'd be like, oh, no, no, you didn't. He's talking about how you're leading folks to the Lord and, and, and making a stand and, and this just back talk and treating your parents like, like sort of scum. And can I tell you, that occurs a lot. And let me tell you why. Because everybody, we want to look good. We all want to. No one in here goes, man, I just want to look like a punk. I just want to be hated and be a punk. And everybody thinks I smell bad. You could do that on your own. Just, but don't. Try. No one wants that. Everybody want, wants to be. But it's hard because, you know what? At home, that's the real, realist, realist that you are. You. That is when you, yeah, don't quote me on that because especially when I said it, I don't know what I said. Um, at home, that's, that's almost as real you as you can get most of the time. The walls come down, the, the uh, Christian boy, 
joy. You know, this is gone at home. You're just yourself. You're tired. And, and we're human. We, we, we tend to be selfish. And the weird place that's going to come out most is, is at home. So we're going to talk about some things um, about that because... A lot of times we're here, we're, we're nice and, and, and we're good and we get home and we're uh, 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 ugly is a word that I've heard from, from, from parents. And they don't come to, we don't like have a bash out time about you. But that's what they say. They say, yeah, church, they're great, but they're just ugly and mean at, at home. And you go, man, why is that? Why is it so hard? And so let's talk about that because have you ever wondered why God has allowed you to be in the family that you're in? Have you ever wondered, okay, God, why am why why is this my because in truth we have ideals I think of what a family should be like and they're not all the same. If we were all to write it out, they wouldn't match up because these are just some things I wrote up that are different about fam, fam, family. Some are good and bad, some aren't that bad. They're just the, the way they are. Um, because the question is, what defines your family? As I, I bring these things out, sort of figure out where you fall into line. Do they go to church? Uh, there's a lot. There's some in this room that they don't all go to church. You may come to church by yourself. You may um, have have they always gone to church, or have they just recently begin to go? Or are they sort of off and on? That that can make us like split into probably four groups right there in this room. Are they Christians or not? They might go to church, but are they believers in Christ? Do you do you do you, you think they are? Um, do they lead? Do you ever have a family de- devotion at your house? Not, 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 not only do they force you to come to church, but they, they actually want to teach you the word at home. For some of you, you'd be like, oh, dude, really? Some of you are like, yeah, we do it all the time. Um, or do they give you a hard time about going to church? Not just friends that you had or whatever, but it could be parents going, why? You're going to go back? Or they take it away? It's not fair because they take it away. It's like a reward when you get in trouble. They take church away. Does one of your parents work? Or both work? Or does one stay home? Different types of... Are they strict? Or easy, easy going? Are they just real tight? If you ask my son, he'd be like, Oh, my parents... Oh. They just laid back. Dude, just, just, it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, you know, this, this, this can, for some, can hurt. Do, do you live with both parents, or do you just live with with one? Whether it's it, it's various circum, circumstances in life, or they're separated, or or divorced, or do you have to split time at two different homes, and that so you got two different lives? It feels like. Um, for some, or have, have you lived in the same place all of your life? I grew up and lived in the same house from when I was born to when I went off to college at age 20. Since same house all my life. A lot of my friends, they had moved 47 times by the time they went off to college. Maybe not 47, but a lot. Um, does your mom cook? Or your dad cook? Or... Your mom hates cooks, so you go out all, all, all the time. My, I love that. Uh, is your house clean, like speak and span clean? <laughs> your room? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or is it messy? It's just sort of, yeah, everything's just casted. No one really cares. <laughs> Would you define your your, your home as you know, y'all are well off? Or um, are you just getting by? Are you an 
only child, or are you one of ten? Yes, we have. Uh, huh? I'm sorry, I'm not saying that number, pointing at anybody specifically here. Sorry. But there's a variety. Just keep, keep on. Okay. Like oh. Did I do, was it like easing? That's why I thought y'all going, man, they're paying attention tonight. Man, I got them. Let's just let the thing fall off if they don't pay attention. Um, are they really involved in your life like sports? I mean, we're all, all, all getting into it and you're going to and they're at all your sporting events, or are they just sort of, no, nah, it's, it's good. I hope you get it good, but not not there. Um, do they expect too much of you? Do you feel like there's a lot of pre- pressure, or do they not expect enough? Because I think sometimes we want to be expected of, and we're not. Sometimes youth have told me, I wish I had rules in my life. I know some of you were stunned at that, but some aren't. Going, I wish I had some some rules. This is, I got to be home by a certain time, but they don't seem to care because r- rules can equate saying I care. You know, rules help you understand that your parents care about you and trying to keep you safe. Um, many types of family, many backgrounds we come, and we have many expectations. And if you were to be honest, that I guarantee within the past week. Everybody's been fr- frustrated in some way with their fam- family. And one of those aspects, and there's many, and it could be there's it could, something just didn't read that, that didn't work out, don't like the way that was said, don't like the rules I've got, I, I'm, I'm older now, I should be able to do, do this. Take a look. There's just two short clips we're, we're going to... We're gonna, do you, you want to watch the clips or not? Yeah. Okay. All right, they're not that great. Go ahead. <laughs> Y'all ask for it, though. <laughs> what makes a good family is um, family time. What I really think is a big part of a good family is a father who loves his children. Something that's really important is communication. I think a good parent is someone who, even though they might not respect a decision, lets you voice your opinion even if they don't agree with it. A good parent really needs to be able to adjust. Somebody who sets the child before them. Somebody that uh, you could go and talk to. Someone that, like, you can have an open relationship with, but it's not your friend. Your parents always want you to do something that they could do. You know what I'm saying? Well, they could back him. It's your house. When I was in seventh grade, my sister, she was in eighth grade, she tried to commit suicide. She's been my, my one of my best friends all my entire life, if not my best friend growing up. I definitely was hurt um, with my sister because she'd my, she was my best friend. And, I mean, also I thought it was just kind of selfish. She had absolutely no reason to try to commit, I mean, no good reason to try to commit suicide. She just, I felt like it was really selfish. And I harbored a lot of resentment. I was angry. I was hurt. I felt like my parents weren't there for me anymore because they were, they they were so busy with what was going on in my sister's life. I mean, half of me understood. Half of me was like, okay, I need to parent her, and she needs them. But at the same time, I needed them too. Um, I learned at a very young age how to be independent. My parents always taught us to be independent. And so that compiled with the fact that I began to deal with my own problems alone. Um, it just kind of was there. It was like an elephant in the room that nobody wanted to talk about. And then um, slowly talking about it, well, we discovered that we were all um, hurting in, in our different ways. We had laid the foundation of being upset or being um, 
in an area of emotional strain. And so it wasn't until we, we dealt with it or until we started to recognize that we had a problem, that we weren't a, the perfect family that we appeared to be. I've never played before, actually. And I was jealous a lot of a lot of my friends that appeared to have it together. And, you know, I, I felt like, one, that I couldn't talk about what was going on or that I couldn't address my problems because, you know, they seemed like they didn't have problems. So I didn't I didn't want to admit to myself that, that, that this was a problem, that, that we weren't or that I wasn't a person that had major problems. You know, I wanted to be one of those standard Christian families, and we just weren't. has been pretty interesting. It's been easy, hard, easy, hard. But during middle school, it was uh, it, that's when it became a challenge for me. It also turned into a lot of different new changes that, that happened at my house, such as uh, my parents getting divorced. My life before the divorce, it was it seemed pretty easy and simple. I didn't see anything wrong. We would always do stuff. We would always have game nights or go out to dinner once a week or go catch a movie. Whenever I, the divorce did come along, it was a big shock. I didn't know what to do. And my parents got divorced because my dad had an affair. We were close with her kids, and she was pretty much like an aunt to me on mom's side of the family. And we all knew each other during the time that my, they were actually having an affair behind our backs. When my parents uh, were separated, my uh, me and my sister, we, we just stayed home most of the time and we didn't do anything. My mom, she was at that time trying to look for a job because before then she was a stay-at-home mom. During that, I never did speak to my dad. just kind of always held that grudge to where I was like, I didn't want anything to do with him. I didn't want to ask any questions. I just want to get it over with, our visit over with, and just go back home and go in my room and watch some more, some more TV. I felt very betrayed by my dad. I hated the fact that he would that he would ruin our family relationship that we had before the divorce. He was just like my best friend before the divorce. Like he would, I would wait for him to come home every day at 4:30 and uh, eat dinner at the table as we did every single day, and just building up our father-daughter relationship that any girl would want. And I felt that just made it even harder being so close to my dad, and then all of a sudden. Everything changed. All right. So, so that I've got to ask y'all. Did y'all want to watch the video so you wouldn't have to hear me talk more? Is that was that it? No. Y'all tend to jump at that awful quick. I was like, okay, good. Watch it. Wait a second. Um, there's three things in the Word I want to remind you of, and before we even get there, I want us to pray together one more time because as we look at these. Scripture, I want to not convince you of anything, but I want God's Word to to really enlighten you and empower you to understand who God is and how, how He works and what He's got planned for your life. So let, let, let's pray. Dear God, we just come to you right now, and I thank you for the chance for just for us to be here and to open up your Word and to read your Word and to talk about your Word. Lord, this is a sensitive issue for a lot of you, whether they admit it or not. And I, I just know it is, Lord. And I ask that you'll use this to encourage us to fight to live for you with everything that we have, to lay our pride down, to lay our self down, and to lift you up, even when
what it means to sacrifice, to sometimes just shut up, to um, submit to the authority that you've put within our life. Lord, we thank you because you don't leave us alone, but you've got such a plan for us. Lord, I ask that, that you will just um, work on us until we are drawn just to live for you with everything we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's three things about the family in the Word of God I want to remind you of that are very important. We're going to flip around some. We're going to start in Romans 3. We're going to be around verse 9. And, and um, the first point is this. And make sure everybody look up here for a second. I know you're, you're turning. Look up here. No one is perfect, not even your parents. Okay? No one is you. You're somebody going, yeah, I know that. Uh-huh, I know that. Let me tell you, sometimes you expect them to be perfect. You expect them to have everything right. And when they mess up, you're like, ah, ah, ah. And can I tell you, we don't have it all together. No one's got it all, to, all, all together. Look here in, 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 in Romans 3, beginning in verse 9. It says this. What then? Are we, are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, that means everybody, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, not, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Do you understand that apart from God, no one does good? We all sin, we all fall short. Y'all remember a verse that is in Romans three twenty three that says what? You don't stand up for all for okay that's a second spot in scripture we say it in a in an amazing way that we've all sinned and come short of the, the glory of God. And so I want you just to keep this no one is perfect, not even your parents. So do you understand that, that you are called to extend grace to your parents? Because sometimes I'll make sure I cut this part out, but sometimes your parents may be wrong in what they say. They may have just not got all the facts, and they may have been unfair. But how many times are we unfair? How many times do we add that up where we're unfair? Well, it's okay for us, but them? Man, God calls us to extend grace. To her. It's, but it's not fair. It's not about fair or not. It's about doing what is right. Extending grace. It also says um, in the Lord's prayer to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Man, can we hold a grudge? Anybody here ever just, I can't believe they did. And there's a line there because can I tell you the line is when abuse is involved in, abuse occurs in homes and it's a very sad thing. It could be emotional abuse, it could be physical abuse or sexual abuse. That's wrong. And if that has occurred or does occur in your life, you need to talk to an adult about it and get help. And if and and uh, and that that's in the years I've I've, I've worked with, with youth, I've had four or five youth I've had to deal with, and and help them get out of a spot that was bad. And sometimes it, it, it it's not fair. But there's a lot of times when it's just life stuff, and you're just mad. They 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 want me home when man, it's not fair. I've got to do they, they, you know. Remember, no one is perfect, not even your parents. Point one. Isn't this fun tonight? Y'all having fun yet? Good. One person. <laughs> Point two. You are commanded to honor your parents. Your unperfect 
sinful parents who mess up sometimes. You're commanded. It's not suggested. In the book of Exodus chapter 20, there's a thing called, don't know if you've heard of it, the Ten Commandments. Old Testament, this is what it says in verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that your Lord, that the Lord your God is giving you. Old Testament truth, he's saying honor your mother and father. But it's not fair. Honor. You don't understand how hard it is. No, honor them. What does that mean? That means don't talk back. That means respect what they say. That means honor them even as you talk with your friends the way you may talk about them or write on Facebook or tweet or whatever. Um, The New Testament in Ephesians 6, just to let you know it's there, so it's not just in one spot. Old Testament, well, I don't know if the the ultimate does apply to you. In the New, it's said again in in, in Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Even though they struggle and they will. You're called to honor your parents. Do you understand? This is a truth most youth will not get until you grow up. Someone is going to be in authority of your life for the rest of your life. Probably. Well, yes, it's true. They will be. Um, you will have a boss. You'll work for most of you. Some of you go, well, I want to get my own job. Well, then if you own the business, the customers that you serve, they're going to be your boss. They will have authority because they need the job done. You will always have to serve authority. And God is saying, he gives us parents partly so we can learn to um, honor and obey the authority above us. Because if we can't obey the authority of our parents, we'll never obey the authority of God. And the authority of God is always going to be there. And if we can't learn to submit to our parents, we're never going to learn to submit to God. So it's very, very important. Now, um, if they're believers in Christ, we give them honor. If they're not believers, they don't go to church, they don't believe in God, but but you do, what do you do? You honor them. If they say, well, you know what, I don't want you to go to church. You, you don't you don't go then to church. You may ask again. You go, man, but that just doesn't seem right. At what point is it wrong? It's a point. There's a point when you don't honor your parents, and that is when they ask you to 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 break a commandment of God. They ask you. They want you to lie. They want you to steal. They want you to cheat. They want you to kill, especially. Okay. There, there, there's a point you understand that the scripture supersedes the authority of your parents. But most of the time that will never come into play. So don't use that as an excuse. Well, sort of, no, don't, don't. I know how you are because I was that way too. So um, we honor them no matter what. That's what we're, we're called to do. Y'all are just feeling so warm and fuzzy right now. I can tell. But I want you to see something because there's a point to all this. Because no household is alike. A lot of them, you look at me and this just doesn't seem fair. This isn't fair. This is hard. There's times in your life that it's going to be harder than it is then or now. There's phases you'll go through. Some that might be smooth and some it's just a wreck. And you're going, what's the point of this? I want you to turn in your Bibles to James chapter 1. Because for teenagers... 
the Word of God talks about a trial that we face. And one of the trials you will always face, especially as a teenager, um, and, and don't, don't be offended, but when I talk to, to parents a lot of times, y'all go through a phase some, sometime, I know my kids will never do this, that um, you get a case of the dumbs. You just get a case of your dumbs, your parents don't make sense, and they're trying to, to lead you, and you are rebelling and going your own way, and they'll come talk to me, and I'll just say, I'll tell them, don't be offended, but your, your child's got a case of the dumbs. We all had it. We all got that. And there's a point when you turn 21, 22, 23, 20, maybe something, that all of a sudden your parents are going to take a little pill, and they're going to be smart. And you'd be like, holy cow. What, why, did they, why didn't they tell me this before? But they've been saying the same thing over. And it's just, it's just the way it works. Try, trust me on it. But trust me, we're called to honor them. So one thing, parents aren't perfect. Next thing is we honor our imperfect parents. And the third is this. God is going to use trials and troubles in your family to make you more like Christ. Look at James chapter 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Steadfastness. Now, if you were in our high school group this week for small groups, they're going, dude, I, I know this stuff. He, he's cheating. He used what he, talk, he talked about. Then. I sort of am, but that's what I do. Steadfastness is when there's a storm and you're being rocked and you stand up firm in the storm in the attack. To have joy means to whatever is going on, I'm going to trust that God is in control. And even though the trial is hard, I know that God will use this trial to make me more like Christ. Look here and turn to Romans 5. You just turn to James, turn back to left, back to Romans chapter 5 because I want you to see this because it sort of matches up to this verse. It says this, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering per- produces endurance. Endurance is another word for steadfastness. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And sometimes, and some people wouldn't like, like me to say it, but sometimes in the family that you're in, man, you suffer sometimes. It feels like you're suffering. When I go to Christmas Eve dinner with some of my Outlaws, I'm suffering. <laughs> I can say that because my wife, in-laws, outlaws. Okay. Um, and so, but do you, do you understand that God is producing a work in you when you face a trial and it's hard? And you might say, yeah, you know what? It's hard at home right now. Can you believe enough that God is big enough to be at work in the midst of the trial to make you more like Christ? God didn't make everything go wrong, but he can take what went wrong and, and use it. It says he, all things work for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God, God is at work. He's going to use the trial to make us more like Christ. I am... Just want to wrap up tonight. Those are the three points. We expect so much out of it, and we expect parents to get it all right all the time. They won't. They, they just won't. They try, and I talk to them, and sometimes you go, well, they don't try hard enough. Well, you just keep trying and work on y- yourself more and work on submitting and honoring your parents and see what God's got in store because he's so much bigger than where you're at. 
few years ago, one of uh, my youth uh, that, that was here was told by their parents they had to move. They had been here and loved it here. And uh, the parents just were tired of, of being here and they wanted to get out of town. So they, they um, moved and this youth did not want to move. And uh, they were mad at the parents. And as we ta- I talked with them a few times before they left, and I talked to um, this youth quite a bit after they had left. And, and um, it just wasn't fair. And I remember trying to say, do you, and you've heard me say the phrase, God is bigger. Do you understand that God is bigger and you don't understand what he's doing? But trust him and just, just say, okay, I will honor my parents even though I'm mad. I will honor them. And I'll see what God has in store. Well, this person went to a to a new place, and they went to a new school. And um, here they had been just friends with everybody at the school. And they went to this new school, and they were an outcast at the school. No one would even have lunch with them. And I remember praying for them, going, "Lord, just give them somebody. Just give them a little bit of hope, because it just sounded, it was just bad. Even the parents had called me, and we had talked, and it was just bad." And um, I kept saying the same thing. God is in control. Understand, honor your parents because God is trying to make you something that you're not. He's trying to... And um, this person now has been in college for a few years. And I talked to them yesterday on the phone. And they said, you know what? I am so glad I went through all that. And you don't know how many... People that I've talked to about the struggle and how hard it was, but how God moved. And they are a force for God, what they would never have been. They are stronger. Their faith is strong. They went through a fire and a hard time, and their faith is amazing for their age. And you go, now do I want you to go through a trial like like that? No. No. Well, some some of you that get on my nerves. Most of you, okay. I want you to have some trial. I want you to understand that, and this is the truth, you all have trials. How do you face them? Do you understand that God's at work in the trial? Do you face it with joy going, okay, this stinks, this week stinks, but I know, God, you're bigger. I'm going to trust you. Even your home can be a trial. And I think for some of you, could be for all of you in this room, God's at work in your life because of the home he's placed you in. And he's placed you specifically in that home to shape you into the man or, or a woman of God he's called you to be. And guys, please don't take it lightly because I know for some, it's really hard. And I am sorry. But I, so many times when I hear things and talk to people, I just wish I could take stuff away, but you can't. It's sort of the hand we're dealt. But I do believe this, that God is bigger. That God's got a plan. And uh, just to wrap it up, you know, trials will come, especially in our homes. Uh, because homes are a wreck a lot of times. Uh, we're called to respond with joy. Why? Because God allows us to go through the trial to be more like Christ. He is working on you, and that's a sign that He loves you. That's a sign that He is not giving up on you. And um, just be reminded, He's wanting to make us more like Himself. Let me wrap with this. Keep this in mind. We all sin. We all fall. Fall short. We talk some about parents, but so do you and I. Uh, God is perfect without sin. Sin separates us from God. 
Because God is without sin. And our good deeds, whatever we even try to do, we can't, we can't get to God. We can't make it right. And God knew that. And He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to live a life without sin. Not just to show us how to live, but also to show us how, how, how to die. How to give oneself up. And He gave Himself up on a cross. He wasn't killed by the cross. He was killed by our sin that was laid on Him. Because the payment of sin is death. We all sin and the payment of sin is death. Romans 6, 23. And he, he, he was crucified on the cross and He died when our sin was placed upon Him. And God turned his, his back to the Son because God could not face the sin. And He died and paid for it so that we could have a relationship with God. Rose again on the third day, overcoming death in the grave so that we could have eter- eternal life with God the Father. I think put Satan in his place some. I think that. I'm just adding that. So we could have a re- relationship with God, not based on our parents. Not based on our friends, based on you and, and God and God doing a work in your heart. My greatest hope is this, that you, um, you know, you may be here and you go, you know, I, I've, I've heard you say that a few times and I've heard you talk about this stuff and it sounds good. I just don't know if I, I really feel, feel it or I don't know if I've, I've really got faith in God. Um, you start by going, God... I want to believe you're real, and I just ask you to, to touch and change my life. That's just not a prayer you pray. It's just a, a talk, talking with God, and, and you begin to put your faith and trust in Christ, and He does a work in your life. That's my prayer for each one of you. If you want to know more about it, I've got some adults in the back. I'm right here. I would always love to talk to you more about it. But keep this in mind. Um, parents aren't perfect. Uh, you still honor your parents. And I know it's hard sometimes, but you still do it. And uh, even in the trial, God's at work in you. Gosh, I'm so glad at that. Even in the trial, He's at work in me. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank You so much for the chance to be here, the chance just to look at Your Word. And Lord, um, help us to be gracious uh, and um, submit to the authority that You've put in our lives. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you that when I look in this crowd that every student here is, um, that I know of is, is taken care of, that you provi- provided for in a home. And there's people around them that love them. And, Lord, may, may they feel love. May they understand the love that you have for them and the love that, that their parents or, or gar- guardians, Lord, have over them and, and how blessed um, we all really are. Uh, help us to... F- Forgive and uh, Lord, just give us strength to follow your word. And when the trial gets hard, Lord, may we have joy and honor you with our lives. And may that be the first thing that we fight to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.